my candy. It's time for your area. She said. No, I was gonna get a singing intro. <gasps> that was so cute. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Remember that time when I asked you to sing something in one of our first episodes and you very respectfully let me know of your boundaries? How far have we come? How far? My my zero boundaries. <laughs> I tell you when there's a song in my heart and when there's not. <laughs> I can understand that. As another creative, I too have limitations for my musings so I understand yay well we are interviewing Mackenzie Keelman today and who Mackenzie, is that person who that you. girl it's, it's me um how are you feeling good we just overcast we just reviewed this but well, now like feel about an interview Oh, <laughs> I, I, in my head, it was like, generally speaking again, how do I feel about being interviewed? Um, I feel pretty good about it. I feel a little nonsensical. That's my only concern is like, I feel like I get, I get really annoyed when it's like other people I'm asking for interviews and they're like, I don't know why you would ask me a thing. So I'm trying not to hold that in myself as well, but a little bit, what you going to ask me? <laughs> why oh well I played off of some of the things that we've talked about before but um maybe trying to get some specific answers to these questions that I have and so you're trying to um, nail me down like Jesus was to the cross um well you want to start a religion <laughs> or... <laughs> oh I want to start a cult that'd be my ideal we can try we can try that's yeah. kind of what this is anyway women in marketing <laughs> you we are, are the people <laughs> <laughs> i love it well i'm gonna start out with probably an easy one because oh. my name no oh tell me your name and how do you spell it <laughs> My name is Mackenzie <laughs> Jane Kielman. That's Jane with a Y, Mackenzie with a capital K, Kielman, K. Jane, Jane, Y A N E. Yes. Okay. Yes. And Kielman, that's K I E L M A N, just one N. Those are, I'm glad we could clear that up. Yes. Now somebody can very well steal my identity. Uh, I don't know about that. I can at least. Do, is the next question my social security number? Credit card number, actually. <laughs> Date of birth. Your CVV. <laughs> first child. <laughs> no, my first real question is: When you were a kiddo, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, wow! Reading back to the back to the roots. Heck um. Yeah. You know, I was kind of a wild card when I'd get asked what I wanted to be. I think I would come up with something new pretty often, but I will say probably around kindergarten age, 
I would have said like Lindsay Lohan or Hillary Duff. Like I wanted to act, I wanted to sing, I wanted to dance. I wanted to be all the threats you could possibly be preferably in public <laughs> in front of people. So um, I think I probably was a little, I was very shy at that age. So I don't know if I would have told people that, but that is what I had in my heart. Um, okay. And then like another touch point would be like more like eighth grade-ish. And at that point I thought I wanted to do something science related. And so I would have told you I wanted to be a medical examiner, which is shocking because when Katie met me, I had a very distinct fear of anything dead. So yeah, how did your tables turn? Medical examiner, like somebody who would do autopsies and things Uh like that, right? Yeah. And to the point where I had to do like a little bit of career exploration in junior high. And I met up with the medical examiner for our county, which happened to be one of my friend's dads, which I didn't know that he was a doctor who also is a medical examiner. Apparently he's like a family physician. the medical examiner so he (laughs) I like talked to him for like two hours about it and pretty in detail and I don't know it it just seemed like getting a job was very far away still at that point so I wasn't super worried I just I liked that I wasn't quite a detective but I had to uncover things (laughs) but I'm not precise enough or like I'm observant but I'm more observant of like tone and atmosphere than I am of like very minute details that could become important and the dude's dead the the person's dead so they don't really have a tone and they don't really have an like aesthetic besides like death so (laughs) that's everyone's aesthetic okay that was turn I did not expect yeah that was something that like I knew yeah very early on about Mackenzie that she was afraid of dead things it was like a part of my pitch to Katie about becoming roommates so that like you know your freshman roommate can't murder you because I I I couldn't I would combust like we would both be gone (laughs) I couldn't live with that that works yeah (laughs) I mean I'm at that point I'm already gone so (laughs) I don't know Oh my gosh. Oh, interesting. So I will say it's because of media. Part of it was like, I I loved like Law and Order SVU. I loved all of that. And then a big part of it was, was NCIS and Ducky. I just thought he was brilliant and compelling and interesting. And he always saved the day and I wanted to save the day like he did. Absolutely. Oh, and you wanted to wear little bow ties that were super cute. I did. But my little lab coat, it was like, they worked so well together. He was a mood. a mood I hope everyone went through an NCIS phase because it was truly like a good time it I, I there's nothing more I guess you were right Katie <laughs> I hope everybody went through a USA phase because that's what mm. I can think like a lot of my crime shows too is just yeah one after another on yeah that channel <sighs> Okay, so we talked about what you wanted to be when you were a kiddo, but you know, now what is the maybe one thing you really enjoy about a career in marketing and one thing you really do not enjoy? Ooh, that's a good question. So, one thing I really enjoy about my career in marketing is that it is 
the highest need area of any organization. So I feel like every board meeting I've ever sat in for so many different organizations that I've been privy to be a part of, I is consistently like, how can we reach people better? How can we better tell our story? How can we make our messages shorter and sweeter and more approachable and everything rotates around communication and so I love that it's on everybody's mind and it kind of puts you in a community builder position because they want to know how they can talk about the organization and it's fun to be a community builder that attracts community builders um so that's my favorite part about it is I love to connect with people on how to speak on our behalf and empower them to do so. And how can we see messages carried forward? Um, that is so cool. Part. Cause I mean, you get to kind of do that with all the networking you do with leadership Iowa and all the programming and the, the people you meet just inherently, like that's part of that process. It seems like, so that's really, really cool. Yeah, it, I, I love that in my particular position right now, like we sit at such a crux of so many different organizations coming together, so many different leaders coming together, so many different missions coming together, but our mission, I feel like encompasses a lot of other missions. And I've been particularly paying attention the last couple months to the missions of our partners. And a lot of times they have statements that very much echo our own, which I think is so interesting that a lot of ours use the same two words, which is called, which is empower Iowans. Um, and then there's just so many crevices, to, like so many niche aspects to doing that. So how they do that, how we do it. So, and I guess that kind of leads me into, so I love that part of it, but my biggest frustration with communication is that it's all encompassing mm -hmm. and it's really hard to create objectives around sometimes. And it's really, they're like the perfectionist in me, the control freak in me, like really wants to be able to craft our brand and control, like have really really strict control and domain and it's not possible like it's just I'd rather have somebody say something on our behalf that is generally positive but might not quite be like might be more like 90% on brand quote-unquote um and have them say it than not having them say it at all but it is really frustrating when I see like messages going out and I'm like they didn't run that past me mm. okay well <laughs> I mean they 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 said what they said and they said how they said it how they said it but mm -hmm. I feel like that could have been consulted but it's kind of like one of those things where I only feel that way if I feel like the communication wasn't diligently done if I feel like that person put that communication out to the absolute best of their ability and they were thoughtful about it then typically I'm very very happy about it but on occasion I'm like you didn't you did not think about how you're you were saying that and I'm frustrated mm. because I wish we could have touched base on that I'm so approachable I'm so approachable I should be the first person in your mind friend let's let's have a little combo yeah. let's just shoot just it my way I'll it. do it I'll just give it a little dazzle I'll yeah. uh, you know craft a call to action perhaps when you're asking people to do things and 
we'll call it fine and good. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, like I, I have a particular coworker who I think has been really frustrated with me in the past because she'll like send me something to like review and to very lightly edit. And I try to keep it to like anything like grammar related, or if there's anything I could condense a little bit, but inevitably because I'm the person who has to create and edit my own thing so often, it's so mm-hmm. satisfying when somebody else makes something yes. for me to edit. And then I, but then I'm like, Mackenzie, this message, you, it does, it's not supposed to be your voice. It's not even the brand's voice. You just need to check that it's like correct. <laughs> and I'll, I was over editing it immensely. And then I was like, I'm so sorry. I went way overboard with this, but you find those rhythms in the sweet spots. But yeah. anyways. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. It's a, it's a hard balance. Cause then you also have to balance like, you know, how, how satisfying it is and the type of message it needs to be with, you know, like your time and energy and like, well, I wish everything could be perfect, but this isn't a priority right now. Like it's not, I, it doesn't deserve the time that I need for it. So that's, Interesting, very interesting. Kind of being that um, final step before a message gets out into the world. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, okay. Well, you asked me this question and I wanna ask you this question, what your favorite social media is? And partially because we do talk on so many social media together, like back and forth. And so I'm curious to know like what your, you know, preferred and like maybe go to, I don't know if they're the same or different, but like what, what do you go to the most right now? Yeah, I would say my go-to social media right now is TikTok. I, I think there's a lot of layers to it. I was really resistant to TikTok, like really, really resistant. I was a millennial who's very firmly pro-Vine, anti-TikTok never I was like you will not catch me dead on this platform and then so many friends sent me TikToks I finally downloaded the app so I wouldn't be opening them in individual browsers anymore and then my Mm -hmm. for you algorithm just got so curated that feed so it knew me like (laughs) it's kind of a thing on TikTok to comment like this really said for you and like that's true that's very very true so um and I think another part of it is like yes the algorithm yes the content yes it's video which I didn't think I would love actually because I I thought it'd be like too stimulating but because it's so short like it's really engaging and I'm not stuck in it a long time so they really did find like the right balance there but I think the other part of it is I don't have a work TikTok right now. And so it's like the platform where I can get away from all the other content that I actually feel like I need to be contributing to. And the other algorithms are so frustrating as a professional sometimes. And like, I'm like, I don't, when I'm on every other platform, whenever I'm engaging with any sort of content, I'm like, Ooh, can we do something similar to this? Or like, huh, why is the numbers on this trending really well? And like, I'm playing the game and on TikTok, I don't have to play the game right now because we don't have one. So, or any, I, I manage 16 channels across four different platforms. So, um, (laughs) and I kind of get to add actually more like 19 because I've kind of have three that have been halfway put under my umbrella now. So, um, yeah, so TikTok. 
Wow. Okay, so then, but I also like back in the day loved Tumblr and I think I liked it because I had only a couple of friends who also were on Tumblr that I connected with on there and it was kind of a wild card whether we'd really cross paths or not and like the it was a tight-knit community but there was like a level of amenity and another TikTok thing is like if you see this and you know me no you didn't <laughs> Like people will start their videos that are particularly Love like that. personal with that. And I was like, if I started creating TikTok content, I don't care what it is. It could have been, it could be professional related. That's how I would feel about it. Is, and I did, I did create a couple of TikToks around Christmas time because we do have a high school program. We have talked about like promoting it through TikTok. And so I just wanted to see what it looks like to create in that app and like what I could do with it. And, um, yeah, that's how I felt. I, <laughs> they were really funny though to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were like personal vlogs about like me. I found my viola on Christmas morning Wait, and we didn't see. These. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided like I literally couldn't read music anymore. I like I downloaded an app to tune it and it was like the one time like I opened my case and it was in tune and I was like I haven't touched this in six years like it was literally never in tune for a single note of its lifetime with me from fifth grade through into high school and I don't play it for six years and then I open it and it's in tune at me at me so fucking weird meant to be that <laughs> it's meant to be <laughs> okay dang <sighs> dang I will say in college my favorite like I got really addicted to LinkedIn for a while and I would like wake up and look at my LinkedIn just wow so exciting to engage with content that was professional and business folks and what was the business community talking about today and you're so much more of a business person than I am like I was raised by business people so I think that's why that's like, fair. I mean, your level of professionality, professionality. We talked about this last time, <laughs> professionalism. <laughs> I like professionality. Episode. I think that is my nationality. <laughs> that's how we ended last episode. That's so fun. Um, your professionalism is like on another level that like, you know, I, I kind of pride myself in like understanding that there's a time and place and like, being responsible that leads to like being professional and you are just like up there like you are the level to strive toward with professionalism professionality thank you I really appreciate that that's a huge compliment coming from you that's so sweet cool. anyway feeling moving on uh <laughs> like feelings not anymore. <laughs> not today. Stay not today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you sent me an article earlier this week that I thought was fantastic that you also posted on your LinkedIn about what was it called? It was like things that women are told in the workplace that like basically need to be rethought or are horseshit. Yeah. It was like something um, like seven pieces of advice you should ignore or something like that yeah yeah it was by the harvard business review yeah and one of them was um talking about mentors and how you know we really need to call not look for mentors but look for champions because 
um, champions will do kind of like the hard work, the dirty work, be very real with you, um, go into battle with you a little bit. And I'm curious because we've done a lot of talking about, you know, mentors and our friendship. Um, who, maybe if you could name like one person who has been your most influential mentor or champion so far, and what makes a person a good mentor slash champion for you? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I will say that I am not um, too protective of calling somebody my mentor. If I have an inkling that they could be a mentor to me, I have like in my email, I'm, I, I am like all information digital hoarder. I don't like to let anything go under any particular circumstances. And so I have like a professional development folder and in that folder, I have like so many folders. I have like my newsletters and then I have subfolders. So all my newsletters are in their own folder by like topic, like <laughs> I'm a hoarder. That doesn't surprise me um, <laughs> And I have a folder called connections and I make folders about anybody I touch base with on any sort of regular basis, or I think I might start touching base with them on like a semi-regular basis. So I have a couple people that just like, if somebody makes me think of them, I send it their way and they do the same to me generally. And mm -hmm. I just like to keep track of those things because I feel like things kind of have repetition and come back up and come through seasons differently and then I have another folder that's called mentors and like sometimes they'll be like I'm emailing somebody for the first time and I don't know them very well but I'm like I if this goes how I think it's going to go they're going to be a mentor not a connection and I have like no limitation like there are people who are my same age that are my mentor folder and there are people who are very wise very smart very well respected that are my connections folder so it really is just like if i think they'll have the availability for me or will have the availability for me at some time in the future mm -hmm. so i would say in that folder i have like maybe 10 subfolders of people that are like kind of mentor hopefuls um and yeah the the concept of mentorship has really hit different after being a student and going into the professional workplace. I had professors that were really good advocates. And no, like that's what they, they're meant to be is to be your advocates in a lot of ways, um, especially at Wartburg. I feel like they particularly encourage and empower professional professors to help make those college to career connections. And so, that is great um but there's ways in which I was like I worked really closely with professors I consider them to be really good friends but people I respect very much professionally and mm -hmm. were like felt like pretty embedded in each other's lives and I didn't realize some of those aspects you leave when you go to your next phase and stage of life. Um, and there's always gonna be another class of students that they have to start cultivating. And there's only so much energy between all of that. So like, I, I still love my professors for who they are and what they do, but I thought I would be continuously every step of my career referencing them and having those types of conversations like I was for the first step. And I, it was a hard reality and realization that no, I'll probably touch base with them every couple of years. And if I need them, I can reach out, but I won't feel compelled to the same way I did around projects or opportunities when I was a student. And that's different, but mm -hmm. good. Um, so I would say my biggest mentor 
since going through college is actually my colleague, which I feel like people are hesitant to say this about, like somebody so close that you work on the same team with, but um, Jessie McQuery, Jessie Stewart, when I met her, she got married like four months after um, <laughs> we met. And she is a little less than 10 years older than me. Um, and she actually, our positions on our teams have shifted a little bit and she actually kind of crafted that herself, envisioned what our team should look like, but um, essentially had my position before me and then moved forward to uh, being a director of programs. And I stepped into that marketing communication um, engagement position. So she was the person who onboarded me. She and I worked she works pretty late into the evenings typically, and I did too. And so in some ways it felt a lot college-like. Um, and so we had like late night chats and um, she was one of the first people that I think got to know me on a personal level in Des Moines. And I really needed that at that time. I need it now. Um, is one of the most supportive people I know is the quickest to say yes. And yes. And yes. And to all of my crazy ideas. Oh, ironically, my phone just lit up and it, it's an email from Jesse. <laughs> I love that. Her, her ears are ringing. Her nose is tingling. She must things. know. So, um, She's provided a lot of thought leadership work-wise and career-wise and has been able to have both of those types of conversations with me. So I don't know if she would consider herself a mentor. I don't know if she'd consider herself old enough or wise enough to be a mentor, but she absolutely is. Um, so I'm really, really grateful for her. We just had a conversation recently about my career advancement and career development, and it was a hard one for me to have. and. I have never felt more embraced and more appreciated than in that conversation. And that was everything to me, especially in that particular moment, um, kind of surrounded by different types of stressors. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit of mentorship. Cool. I will say that I have a couple of really interesting mentors. I asked my other colleagues, so I work on like a team of four people. So I asked, um, the person who's technically my boss, um, and, um, I asked her about if she would have any recommendations for a mentor to be a sounding board. And she connected me with, um, his name's Kent and he is retired and was a very, very active professional leader, communicator. He started as, out as a copywriter, um, and, he's been incredible too. So he's been really fun to connect with and uh, easy to get a hold of via email. And actually that reminds me that I need to follow up and send him a calendar invite before I forget. But <laughs> so it's, it's hard. To, that, that was a really hard conversation for me to ask for a mentor recommendation from Becky. And it has paid off tenfold. It has gone so much better than I could have ever anticipated. Um, but I really did need somebody outside of my circle um to give me a pretty objective point of view and there's so many ways in which Kent and I connect that I could have never expected with how many differences there are between us as well so yeah that's a really cool thing that you did to stretch yourself like that and 
get to a get to know a new person that's hard and b get to know them with the intent of them being your champion getting the hard feedback and having very real conversations that's huge and i kind of want to challenge myself to do something like that because i don't have a lot of people outside of my circle and it's i don't know why it's such a new idea for me to literally ask somebody within my circle to connect me with somebody else and you have actually done that for me i'm meeting with somebody next week um, oh, you, set, you set, set it up yes oh that's yes, so yes. exciting i really can't wait I think you two are going to connect. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, I guess we did talk about that, but like, I, I don't think about going outside of my little comfort zone very often just because that's where I am. So I, I challenge anybody listening to do that just to get to know somebody else. Yeah. I will also reckon like would like, to advocate for people to recognize that that's not an easy thing to do and like sometimes I'm like it's just asking somebody to do something it's just a conversation that they're probably very inclined to do and that is true that they are probably very happy and willing to meet with you to discuss with you to champion you um, once you get to that point but it's also uncomfortable and like genuinely I will have a physical reaction to doing things that are outside my comfort zone like genuine anxiety manifesting so sometimes I'm like oh that that's not gonna be very hard and then I'll go to do it I'm like god why am I literally like I think I might get hives Um, (laughs) (laughs) so don't be like me don't be a dumbass like me who's like feelings who wants to feel that (laughs) and then go to do it and you're like oh god like I can rise to the occasion. I can rise to the occasion, but it shouldn't feel like, like it's, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay <laughs> to be unsure. It's okay to go in with questions or just to feel like you need to tell a little bit of your story. Um, and that the other person's going to meet you where you're at, meet you halfway. And if it's not a connection, it's not a connection. And that's not a fault. There's just, that yeah. just, that just happens. So I've gotten very lucky this week. I had two coffees and both of them went really well, but I was very much expecting that it could have been that neither of them went well (laughs) people but um I will also say if you're like looking for a starting point for connections for mentorship is a lot of times there are people that are not too far beyond your purview that can either answer like help you expand some of the curiosity you already have like I our degree is organizational psychology related like organizational communication um and that's a lot about like employee retention that's a lot about like how organizations communicate community like culture things that people are really curious about a lot of hot topics and whatnot and so I was like I just like how did our organization come to be within the last five ten fifteen years like um there are really cool people who are like alumni of our like workers, like staff people who had worked at our organization and now are on to their next position, but still think very fondly of our organization and still stay connected. And so I reached out to two particular young professional women who are fantastic outstanding and I didn't know them very well and was just like hey can we have a conversation I'm just I have things I'm curious about I want to hear about your next leg of your journey what interests you and those were like 
the most fruitful conversations I have ever had. Like I jotted down so much. They had so many recommendations. I got about understanding how I can do my job better. So um, that might be a really good place to start. If you know somebody left under good circumstances from your organization and you're like, huh, I wonder what their perspective would is generally speaking on how I could do what I do better. They're normally the people who know the best. <laughs> Mag, that is so cool. And it leads to maybe a couple other questions I have. Oh my for you. gosh. Um, what is this an interview? What? <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, I, I know this, and you talked about it on the podcast before. You're what I'm thinking intentionally, but I think also inherently continuously you know challenging yourself and nurturing yourself and you know growing and learning and um that's hard and I I wonder like what you think the importance is of continued education and you know whether it be like leadership Iowa or finding a mentor or something or softball or something else entirely like what what have you done that you're most proud of recently? Ooh, that's a really interesting question. Well, and there's a couple of questions in that. So I think I'll try to do them in the order in which you ask them. Okay. So the first question that jumped out to me was, what is the importance of like continuing education? Why Mm -hmm. even seek that out in the beginning? And I think we all are just very curious human beings. And curiosity is a thing where once you get started it just grows and grows and grows um and whether so, you want it to or not whether you want it to or not uh, <laughs> so I, I there's just times where I felt stuck and uninspired and like what I'm doing is not enough and feeling very finite and like I'm having to search and dig up a bottom line somewhere and I that's not what I'm inclined to do that it really drains all my energy it feels judgmental it feels shameful it just it really puts me in a pit where I just it's not something I enjoy but it's really hard when you find yourself rooted there to figure out your way forward or out or through Mm -hmm. um and so it really is that growth mindset concept that has been what has been able to get me to my next spot so um that's what I have to say about like the importance of continuing communicating the world's going to keep changing it it's constantly changing but the things that are important don't um, values don't, and, um, (laughs) the world keeps changing, but the things that are important don't, I'm gonna cry, and so, (laughs) I spent a lot of time since college thinking about what does balance look like, because up until graduating, I could say with 100% certainty that I was a student. And that just defined so many things about me, so many things about how I approached the world, so many things about how and why I did the things I do that felt intrinsic and genuine and good and 
then I graduated and then I had to make an income and I had to do these adult and responsibilities I was already doing anyways, but it felt different. <laughs> and I, I remember speaking with adults as students and just not getting what they were saying where they're, they're like, Oh God, it's so nice that you guys are learning about this or it's so cool to see how you approach this and I'm like I won't do this any differently when I get paid for it like <laughs> and you know what happened Katie I did a little differently when I got paid for it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not in workflow ways my workflow has stayed relatively the same but the support systems look different and not to say it's lesser um but there are things that I have to be independent about and cultivate for myself and ask for in ways that I didn't when I was in a more protective student environment where somebody else was willing to offer me things that I now have to ask for or I have to have the understanding that there's not an obligation for them to say yes but there's also not the obligation for me to stay and that's something that is should be a shared understanding and then a place to move forward from. So I hope I'm not speaking too broadly or vaguely. So if there's anything you want me to get more specific and give an example of, please let me know. But um, I hope that people can hear it and hear bits and pieces of their own story in that. Because um, the way we experience the world, I think is really important to share and which is why we do this podcast and Absolutely. also why I love media. So, Yay. <laughs> so what are you most proud of Mackenzie? Can you ask that more specifically? Like in my entire life, <laughs> since graduating most for continuing education, particularly or pursuing new skill sets or communities or well, anything in particular. Wait. You know, originally I was thinking continued ed, but like that could encapsulate, you know, pursuing new skills and opportunities, including like college and internships. And even before that, if there's something that comes to mind um, where you were challenged to learn or do something new or different that you're proud of. I know I asked for more guidelines for this question, but I think I'm going to actually answer it in kind of an anti-answer. I'll try to give you a real answer too. What? But the first thing that comes to my mind, the thing like I'm kind of the most proud of, frankly, is that I graduated and I did not continue my education. I, oh. I had in my last semester of college was like, nope, I'm not ready for the real world. Like I am, but I'm going to choose not to. And I'm going to do some sort of graduate degree. I, I was like, I'll go to law school. Say you won't, I will. <laughs> and so many people were like, you won't. And then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I loved being a student and I loved academia and I felt very affirmed in academia. And so I, to make the commitment to give myself at least two years out of school to decide if I'm going to do more technical school or not. Mm -hmm. And if, unless it's 
absolutely required for something that you're absolutely certain about, like I truly do recommend spending some time in quote unquote, the real world. And I think it's so surprising the places you can go and the things you can do without having a technical degree set around it that we were told in student as students, like, this is the game plan, A, B, C, D, you're there. Mm -hmm. And then that you got bad advice or like there's no guarantee at the end of that road for anybody and I mean there's certain things that are a little different but (laughs) that's what I'm most proud of is that I took the leap of faith and I jumped into the mix and I did all the really hard things and I continue to be able to sit here and have this conversation with you and practice what I preach hopefully (laughs) and not to say that I'll never get another degree I still do a lot of different types of programs I seek out we've talked about continuing education a lot of different ways but um it for me it's harder when it's muddier when it doesn't feel definite um it was way better (laughs) for me to have like a class I was a part of because that was something that defined me and to have classes to go to because that really defined my schedule and like these clear crisp boxes on my calendar and in my Google drive that took up space (laughs) that represented my life and what gave me value. And like, it's a lot harder to sit out here in no man's land and go like, Hey, you should love and respect me because I'm really cool and I know cool things. And then being really patient around that. <laughs> so that be, that all being said, the thing I am most proud of um, in continuing my education would be the young professional connection. That was really challenging for me. And when I, so I graduated from college in December, I was an early grad and moved to Des Moines and joined an organization where at the time we had a staff of 14. Now we have a staff of 12. Um, and I was the youngest in my organization by a lot. The next order, mm-hmm. oldest person than me was Jessie, who I previously mentioned, and she's about 10 years older than me. And then I think Brad's right around her age. And then there's probably another 10 years and a handful of people, and then another 10 years and a couple people, and then another 10 years, like my boss Oof. is near retirement. So there's technically like a 35 year span. Wow. <laughs> and we're a small organization. So. <laughs> wild uh, yeah and so kind of felt like the floor dropped out from underneath me because these are folks with very set routines most of them had been in the organization for 5 10 20 years and I'm the little newbie on the block and um hadn't had only a full-time position before and not even in summers for internships because I like coached swim team and I had enough other things that I was up to that even my quote-unquote full-time internship was not like didn't feel full-time and also you know it's going to be done so Uh I remember distinctly being about three four months into my job and saying like I don't dislike this. I just, when does the semester end? (laughs) Like, (laughs) and I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm, I'm here for, I mean, as long as I guess I want to be, but that's a weird question to ask me. Mm -hmm. 
right? So yeah, my biggest, so I'm in this weird no man's land and I hear about this organization that is young professionals, organized by young professionals. It's programming, it's social, it's a lot of ambiguous things with a lot of events on the calendar. Literally, they would have like four events a week. And you obviously do not have to do all four events. I never did four, but I was lucky if I did four events a month. But uh, there was like a tight knit group that was at the core of it. And then a lot of people that would pass through, um, me being one of probably the people who are kind of in that middle ground in between those two things. Uh, but it was really daunting because it, every time I showed up to an event, I kind of felt like I had to like explain why I was there but Mm. like I felt like I wanted a better reason to be there than like I'm a young professional and I'm lost (laughs) like (laughs) except aren't we all kind of except for are we all and I found so many comrades so many comrades because we're talking and um just it was really fun we'd have a couple Drake students that would pop through on occasion and those were my Mm. favorites because they were still in school and knew what comfort felt like and um reminisce my youth with them and pretend like I was war-torn and knowledgeable um (laughs) they were still afraid what was on the other side and I was trying not to get them to fear it more but I I didn't have a lot of <laughs> not doing that, inciting fear. Well, uh, you're still in that, that <laughs> terrible period after yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. terrible period. Oh my gosh. So, anyways, I'm just most proud of myself for showing up for events where I felt like I had no business being there, and where literally all I could say about my life, personally, professionally, anything about it, it is like I'm lost. And I still went, and I still listened, and. I remember my first event I went to was like one of the more structured events where they had a speaker who kind of gave a lecture and he had done a lot of things in the education space. So it it was like a really good engaging professor, but it was kind of more of a lecture thing, which they don't do it as very often as it turns out. And to sit there and to take notes and get to act as a student again for even just an hour, I had not felt that level of relief in the months previous to that just (sighs) that's cool yeah so I'd say it's like the most ambiguous like I feel like being involved in organizations like being a mentor and big brothers and to sign up as a class member for a leadership program like you get so many defined things about it to be a member of a pretty broad organization that has pretty broad services and to choose to engage and to prioritize those engagements I think speaks a lot more volumes about you as a person because you are entering a community as a community member, not fluffing your feathers and like Mm -hmm. bolstering as a certain type of thing. If that makes sense, like you're showing up as yourself and it's it's hard as I I wouldn't say it's an Iowan thing I'm guessing it's a Midwestern thing it might be a humanity thing is to like not want to receive not want to like have to ask for anything um and so to show up and be like I 
paid a very low membership for an entire year of quote unquote kind of receiving services. I don't have anything to add besides that I'm physically here as I said I would be. And even that was a 50-50 at some point, if not lesser <laughs> odds. And I don't know what I'm contributing here. I don't know what my job is here. I don't know what this event is really going to turn out to feel or look like and to do it anyways with all that ambiguity. Yeah, finish that word for me. Um, I think that can speak much more volumes about a person than, you know, anything else really. Yeah, not going into a space knowing that you're going to be well-received, not knowing that you're going to be comfortable. That's something very few people do, from my understanding. So, wow, yeah, you definitely, you know, from my perspective, you don't need my validation, but you deserve to be proud of that. That's incredible. I do need your validation, so I thank you for the affirmation. Yes! (laughs) I'm working on it, folks. I can't fix everything in a day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I have three questions I want to ask you. Are they going to be all in a row? I want to ask you them rapid fire. This is like First thing that comes to mind. Sure. She does this at the end of her interviews. So. She does, and I didn't even think about that. But I, oh, love and I have it. to do it, and I have to do it really fast. Okay, I don't think I can move you very fast. I think there's going to be a delay. It's too much panic. That's okay. Just like the first thing that you okay, think panic. of. Does it? Okay. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite thing to do when you make time for play? My favorite thing to do when I make time for play is. <laughs> Wow. Hiking. I'm going to say hiking because I'll sometimes skip a little bit. I'll sometimes run a little bit. A lot of times I'll be on trails. I get to pick what environment I get to be on. And sometimes I go to the mall. A lot of times I just end up at the mall and shop and it's not really exercise. And I don't know why that would qualify as hiking, but I'll say walking slash sometimes it's an MTV neighborhood tour or MTV, HGTV or MTV cribs, if you will. I get very playful about my walks slash hikes. So I'll say that. And I have to like genuinely like make a pretty good effort to go do that. Otherwise I would say like journaling, art, Mm. I'm learning to enjoy more, but I try to do things off screen. That's been my like commitment to myself is off screen hobbies. I'm going to just kind of like brush over the hiking and transition to the mall. We Josh like, Peter Smith, I, you have my back. You have my back. <laughs> I want to see you in our DMs group chat. You're gonna be here for me. <laughs> this one's for you. This one's for you. Um, this right. is like the opposite of rapid fire. I'm not doing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next question. This one's not gonna be rapid fire either for you, but it's fine. Um, from James Clear's Atomic Habits, what is the best ha- habit that you've implemented? <laughs> um the best habit I implemented from James Clear's <laughs> book best New York best-selling <laughs> book Atomic Habits is 
Wow. I, my bedtime routine, I didn't have a bedtime routine before and it has made all the difference in the world. I highly value sleep. So I thought, but I can sleep anywhere at any time, essentially, um, probably because I don't have a bedtime routine. I'm always tired. So <laughs> I started a bedtime routine and I um, try not to look at my phone after 9 p.m. I I made it earlier a couple of times where I like it just makes me feel like I have such a, a longer day, honestly, is if I turn mm-hmm. off if I don't look at my phone after eight or nine. Um because I get to soak up and I've tried to I'm very long-winded as you all can tell from everything I've ever done, including this, from this rapid fire session. And that's not <laughs> rapid fire. Yeah. I'm long-winded. I'm long-winded in the things I do. Like I, I am ironically efficient I think I have to be efficiency focused because if I'm not it's literally this it is <laughs> quite literally this so I've been trying to do more like set timers where it's like for 15 minutes I get to be completely immersed in creating this drawing I'm not good at drawing I only kind of like it um but <laughs> it okay. just creates space it creates space and time and then that means I get to do four things in an hour so I can journal for 15 minutes I create art for 15 minutes I can dance around my room for 15 minutes and then I'm like holy smokes I've had so much time to do so many activities tonight before I go to bed in reality I just did things in a shorter period of time but found them equally as satisfying as if I had done them for like an hour wow. and that's all we have is attention spans anyways so anyways I journal before bed I read before bed I turn off my screen before bed so I can create time and space for things that I otherwise would be too critical of myself to even attempt for any span of time. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. And in two sentences that are not repeating the question, Mackenzie, (laughs) what is the best advice you ever received? Oh... Oh, oh, in two senses. <laughs> Mackenzie is so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I just repeat all the advice I've given and kind of say it's my own. So now I'm like, what advice have I given in this podcast that I will be repeating? Um, I was challenged recently by a I this isn't two sentences so I'm so sorry I'm Damn telling it. a story um by Shocker. a community leader in Des Moines um his name is Isaiah Knox and he's in charge of uh he's the director of executive director of Urban Dreams and I kept wanting him to like give me like the marketing gist of what they do and he kept, he's like of course, there's like organizational structure to how we do what we do. But I think all you really need to know is that we're here to serve. And I was like, so you're like a nonprofit? Would you say like you're a mutual aid organization? He's like, I barely say we're a nonprofit. We're here to serve. I say it. Like, they just, they work so authentically and I wanted to be able to put a model behind it or a philosophy behind it their mission behind it and they do have a mission but he said literally our website says on the corner of this and this since this date and here to serve that's what I want to be 
I'm going to be here to serve. I want everybody who's ever interacted with me and for the rest of my life just to say, she's here to serve. So thanks. He challenged me so much. I'm sure it was the most annoying hour conversation he's ever had because <laughs> he was just like, chill. <laughs> I was like, I can't, <laughs> I don't, I can't, I want to help. And I, I can only do this on this frequency. And he's like, no, you can't, you can do it in another way. And in the same conversation as that, the other piece of advice that he gave me was I was talking about like balance, work-life balance, boundaries, um, some of the advice and work that I've received. And he was like, as a leader of this nonprofit with a family, um, he was like, somebody once told me that it's not work-life balance, it's work-life life harmony. And he was like, if you tally it up, I'm, I'm never going to be able to get those tallies to even out in the right way. But harmony makes it like have a flow to it. And he has a son who I believe is now in college. I met Isaiah a couple of years back when they were looking at colleges, but he said that when his son was in high school and playing basketball and really, really talented at doing that, he only missed one game. And he said it was for something really, really important. And he actually walked into the parking lot of the high school that the game was at, right as everybody was walking out. So he almost oh. made it for the game, almost. Um, and he was like, to me, that's work-life harmony. Like that was really important to me. It was really important to my family. He's like, I think I was more upset about missing the one game than my child was. And even that fact that I was more upset about missing the game than my son shows how well the work-life harmony was working because he knows where I'm aligned and he didn't have to second guess that. And I was like, oh, that's really, really interesting. Just a really interesting perspective. Yeah work-life harmony. So I've been trying to decide what that means for me, what it looks like to show up for my, I feel like it makes it less impersonal. Work-life balance feels like spreadsheets and I'm not, I don't love spreadsheets. Work-life balance makes me feel like I have a tracker, which is cool, but also kind of impersonal. Yeah. Work-life harmony, I think takes some of the intangible values into perspective but also makes me reflect from like the very like soul of my heart where my intentionality is and where I need to be and helps me focus on my intuition much more value my intuition higher as opposed to um other worries like resume budget things that should they are important but helps me feel a little bit more certain about the moves I make. So the visual, visualization for me is the like yin and yang and like doing yoga meditation with your life and like what works in harmony together. Mm-hmm. How can I fulfill my needs and get paid and grow my health and all of those things. That's way cool, Mackenzie. Thank you. I didn't do it in two sentences. I know. <laughs> We didn't think I was going to. We're Hi. we're realists like that. We know. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. <laughs> well, okay. This concludes my questioning. Thank God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you I should have. I was gonna make a sign for my chair and have it say "hot seat." Hot seat. I mean, that's- you wouldn't have really been able to see it on the Zoom though. 
What nobody else saw was when I texted Mackenzie a couple days ago and said, this is going to be the worst hour of your life. Was that bad? Any time I spend with you, Katie, are the best hours of my life. You say that, but your eyes said something different. <laughs> my eyes said, hell fucking no. <laughs> I think I just sent her back emojis because I didn't even really know what to say. <laughs> I should have done a bitmoji. If I had been more thoughtful, it would have been a bitmoji. I was trying to be intimidating. You're the other crazy. one thing I feel like everybody needs to know about me is that I love gigantic mugs Amazing. and it, they're just really great. I like my tea weak. I like it how I like my men <laughs> weak. And um, if you get a very large mug and then you put on a very large kettle of water and then you only put one tea bag in the very large mug, it makes it very weak tea and a lot of it. And then I ultra hydrate and it's at my preferred strength level. And Holy I just, shit. it makes me look so <laughs> I like my tea like I like my men. Oh my God. <laughs> I said that, right? We, I just, we had just all moved in together. I think we lived together for like two weeks. It was me, Stacy, and Cedric were making tea in the evening because we we're really cute like that. And they asked me how I wanted my tea. And I was like, yeah, I like my tea weak. And Stacy and I made eye contact and at the same exact moment said, or, or no, I, I said, I like my tea like I like my men. We made eye contact and then yelled, weak. And Cedric has never been more terrified. And I think he second guessed this whole living situation. Oh my God. He was like, have you guys said that to each other before? And I was like, no, we just came up with it. And he was like, why do you share a brain already? You've been together for two weeks. I'm like, we're just the same person. It's just how it works. You're going to be in sync soon enough. Might as well start now. Might as well start now. Cedric's so adorable. He like <laughs> he gets us chocolate around the time of our month. So he is Aww. also kind of in sync with us is the joke because he knows when to buy the chocolate. So. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. Okay. Are you ready to shift toward our final two topics of every interview check-in dun 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 my recent accomplishment is so we're doing immigration paperwork so josh you know my husband can be staying in this country and it officially got filed today so that is really good so it means we're still like waiting for like documents and work authorization and green cards and stuff but we are on the way that is so exciting that is so so exciting and Mackenzie and a few other people who are probably listening were part of that process and helped us out and we are so grateful to you for being here for us oh absolutely it was my pleasure (laughs) I was about to say that it's official on the record so I'm excited yeah. about that. Yeah. It's, I was like, so I funny. wonder if they rejected my letter. <laughs> Actually, that's what no. I was thinking. <laughs> no, it's so funny because it's like people ask like how our first few months of marriage have been. And I'm like, well, it's great, but it's not sexy. Like we've done a lot of paperwork. <laughs> like a lot of paperwork. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there has to be a library thing there that I don't want to know about. Um, Josh loves 
uh, <laughs> public service too. Government work takes a lot of paperwork. So true. student it's body true. president, I feel like there's something there that's a little sexy, a little kinky, and I'm glad I don't know about it. The nerdiest thing that's ever happened. Yes. Us two responsibility fiends together. Magic. Uh, magic. <laughs> I believe in magic yeah. in a young couple's heart. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Start so that's that feels good. Yeah, I am um, told, you know, and it's also so weird to be like, so the lawyer today, we talked to our lawyer, we went to the lawyer's place. Um, when I was talking to our lawyer, I was like, she was talking about how it like can take up to a year for some things to happen which we expected and um I was like well I've made this investment now (laughs) and that's I brought the car home from the lot so that's the level of sexy we're talking about (laughs) like like, this marriage is an investment for both of us because we we both want what the future holds which is hard right now (laughs) yeah and it's really good it's actually our three-year dating anniversary today. So. Wow. Look at you, but cutie pies. We both forgot about it, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the sexiest thing I've heard this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of fine when people get married. Uh, I don't know. Put the previous anniversary to rest. That's kind of fine in my book. That being said, yeah. I don't know. I've never been, really been in a relationship, so I'll probably be the most obnoxious person about it. <laughs> ultimately <laughs> like any excuse but so my parents like will just say like happy anniversary on their dating anniversary still after like 20 some years and like they don't celebrate it but I'm all for just like acknowledging it and like, why not yeah. you know there's 365 days a year we don't celebrate it nearly enough of them I reverse what I was saying and also the fact that Tom and Karen do it that's all I needed to know so <laughs> you're right (laughs) it's really okay you can have your own opinions about it I that's just how I feel you know we'll see I'll tell you in a little I'll I'll tell you when I have first-handed experience with it how about that I'll reserve my opinion until then Um, (laughs) if I can give so probably be very affirmational so (laughs) heads up there (laughs) oh my god yes (laughs) Mackenzie tell me about your recent accomplishment my recent accomplishment is Catherine Christ, let me picture you this. As I just referred to your husband as a car you brought home from the lot, <laughs> I did that in not a metaphorical way. I did that in a literal way. So I am a proud new owner of a Honda CRV. There is a song about Honda CRVs. It is funny and not prestigious at all um, <laughs> it's like I'm average in my CRV I can fit all my friends in my CRV except for that one's a lie mm-hmm. it has the same amount of seating as my Camry did so just heads up there but oh <laughs> I, I am really excited about it my dad had taken his van in to get some sort of update that there was like parts that had to be recalled and like swapped out oh. his van. He was about to go on a big road trip. That means he had four hours to kill out a car dealership. And his friend works at his car, the car dealership where he got his van. And so the boys went out on test drives of things and then FaceTimed me into them parked in a parking lot 
looking it over and giving me the down low and I was like I was not expecting to be asked if I want to switch my car out today but (laughs) what better day for it so um (laughs) wow yeah so my dad made that deal on Monday (laughs) and the paperwork work all went through and I took a long, hard look in the mirror about financials and I got a 2020 Honda CRV. So um, wow. I picked it up on Friday. Yeah. Brand spanking new. It is white. I didn't have a choice, but I like the white. Um, it got rained on yesterday and I was kind of worried about it. Um, I As have the realization be. that this is the best my car is ever going to be. And that's a little tough for me. So (laughs) unlike children who bounce back when they're injured, a car just kind of gets a dent, you know? So (laughs) you can always like do that magnet thing and get it like undented, but it's kind of, it's a whole thing. Yeah. She's still bright and shiny. She needs a car wash now that it rained. Um, but the most flattering thing I've been told is that her wheels look like flowers and I like that. Oh, so, sweet. Yeah. What's and she I, has a sunroof and I, she's great. I really do like her. So I'm not regretting it, but whenever I, my boss literally just asked me like a couple hours ago on his way out of the office, he's like, Hey, speaking of the cars, Mackenzie, you got a new one. How are you liking it? And I'm just, I'm not quite yet to the point where I'm confident saying, I'm really glad I did this. Yeah. I think it'll take me like a month more and then I can be in my spot where I'm like, I'm really glad I did this, but okay. Yeah. That's, you know that. So that's good. I know that. So that's where I'm at. Um, what was your question? Um, oh, what's, what's her name? name? I haven't picked a name out for her. Um, okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'll forgive you for that. Thank you. I I want to get again. I think once I feel a little bit more confident about her existence in my life, her name will become clear to me. I think I want some sort of historical significance too. Pull um, but I don't want to be patronizing about it. Pull Grey's Anatomy and do um, Harriet. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. When Jackson and April were talking to Jackson's mom. Catherine and they were like we wanted to name this after our daughter after a woman who is super important and like she thought it was going to be after her oh. <laughs> Harriet hi my name is Mackenzie and my car's name is also Mackenzie because to me <laughs> I'm a very important person well I mean <laughs> you, that's valid if that's yes. what it is yeah yeah I thought for a hot second um Pocahontas but I feel like that's maybe a little derogatory Mm, so I don't want to you know perpetuate anything there I thought about Kamala but I just thought that'd get really confusing Uh because I do talk about Kamala quite a bit so I mean Rightfully so, because she's amazing. Maybe Ruthie. Maybe a Ruthie. Aw, Ruthie's cute. Maybe that's what she is. I'm looking out onto my street. I'm looking at my vehicle. I just put, I got like a little phone holder for my dash. So I just put that in this afternoon. So I haven't even gotten to use it yet. And I got a back seat protector. And I got like one of those dog, like over the seat things that you can get. For your back seats but I also ordered they're not here yet but like actual like zip up seat protectors I don't have leather oh. seats I have like these t- I have a tan interior which I think I'll really like but um so 
so I don't know if I'll actually use the seat protectors that I bought but I just got really worried I might keep them in my trunk and then if I'm like going in any sort of adventure that I feel like is going to be a little too much I went and rode my horse on Tuesday that's what started it is I went and rode my horse on Tuesday and I brought my new car out there and there's a little bit of gravel so I drove it on gravel for the first time and then I rode my horse and I thought I was a little gross afterwards and I was like these are tan seats if I like have like even if I'm just dusty it's gonna show I think so I grabbed I had a blanket in my trunk so I put my blanket over my seat but then I'm like you know what I'll just get seat protectors that I can toss on when I need to so I got some for the dog and they're fantastic my mom has them for her dogs and they really are great she's taking them out for me and I'm like oh my god this is really clean underneath here so I'm optimistic yeah Yeah. love wonderful Yay. yay All right. And then our last question is reading, watching, listening to. Oh my gosh. So my reading, I have been reading, um, the body keeps a score, which is like a very widely recognized book. It's written by a psychologist that I, it's has a different starting point than I thought it would be. Like I've heard a lot of podcasts talk about it. It's been very much acclaimed and kind of widely accepted, but it talks about body, your body and trauma and like how things that are psychological aren't only psychological and like really the mind, body, soul are all connected. Um, Mm -hmm. But its starting point is talking about like war and the impact of war on a body and also like life decisions and life perspective so just like a very different starting point than I was expecting it to be but like an extreme for sure so really interested to read this one out it's ever so slightly more technical than I thought it would be it's not as converse like the podcasts around them are so warm and conversational when they bring out like anecdotal pieces of it um or whatever highlights that they think is interesting that I was like I forgot that I'm kind of reading like a primary text as opposed to like you know a secondary discussional discussion post ish thing around it so it's just gonna feel different but literally just started that so I'm like 20 pages in maybe but very very excited about that um then reading, watching, watching, I've been catching up on my shows. I had fallen behind the last couple of weeks um, because I went on a Shit's Creek Shame. Con- like cover oh, tangent. Totally understand then. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, so today I just finally finished the last episode of the new things I have to watch of Law and Order SVU. So I Um, am caught up, um, but also they released like the first three episodes of Handmaid's Tale. So I actually do have things to watch now, but I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. Like I had way too long. I had way too long. My mom sent me a picture because she's watching it. And I was like, if Jane's on top of it and watching it right right when it's released, like I should my mom's never on top of it but she was like very ready for it also Dan's gone so she has more time and Dan hates oh. Handmaid's Tale he like really refuses to even be in the same room with it it makes him really uncomfortable well good yeah <laughs> that's what I said to him too I was like you have to do this this is important he's like yeah I will now start paying attention to your rants 
about feminism, but I will not watch that TV show. <laughs> it just even really gets him um, in kind of a funny way. And then uh, reading, watching, listening to, listening to, um, I mean, I'm always listening to something, but I went back and I started the first Taylor Swift album today again. Oh, girl. So I kind of feel like maybe I'm going to go through all the Taylor, I, Taylor Swift albums again. Also, are you see, hearing about all this buzz around different encryption codes that Taylor's posting onto social media that people think something else is coming yet this year? Not even yet this year. April 30th is one of the dates I heard that people were guessing something's going to be announced or released. I also heard that, but I feel like if, like, she usually does it, like, the day of, and it's the day of, like, she would literally be posting, or, like, having new music at 11 p.m. tonight our time so like I don't know if she does that'll be crazy cool but I'm not getting my hopes up about it I've got my hopes up I'm too far into TikTok conspiracy theory Taylor Swift conspiracy theory TikTok that I'm I'm too far into this now so I'm keeping an eye out I'm keeping an eye out but I'm going back (laughs) to the oldies for some comfort Uh, what are you reading watching listening to Well, just to piggyback off of that, I can't listen to anything but Taylor Swift right now. It's actually kind of a problem. Like nothing else interests me, but I'm kind of like, I don't want to get sick of Mr. Perfectly Fine on repeat forever because that's what it has been. So those are my brief thoughts and feelings. I mean, I just, but it's all Taylor Swift all the time and it's really good, but like I need to diversify what I want to listen to. I think I went through an entire Spotify playlist that was curated for me and I was like none of this sounds good I'm having the same problem I have really been trying to branch out I was doing pop rising like it was fine but not really I need to figure out like a lumineers hosier adjacent artist I think I think that's where my soul needs to go next but I digress that's way fair way fair um yes listening to and then reading I'm reading the book called Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips Hmm. and I think that's how you pronounce her name because it's a book set in Russia and it's kind of centered around um two girls are abducted and then it's all these people's stories that like really have nothing to do with each other at this point and I'm like a third through the book but there's some part around that and it talks about these different like relationships and cultural things and I've never read a book set in Russia that by Russian that I know of and it's way cool to kind of be exposed to this world that I know nothing about I mean talking about you know up north with like the reindeer herds you know it's like they when they're in the season the girl goes up with them and at this time in Russia you know to be lesbian was to be was a crime so they talk about that too and for some somehow like the girl's disappearance has all influenced has influenced each of these people's lives so it's way cool it's with like a friend book club I'm reading it for so that is so fun fun. that's so interesting I am maybe gonna have to give it a go 
do it. Um, and then what I'm watching is Gilmore Girls. I'm still on season one. I think I'm on episode 19. So I'm almost out of season one. Just for you, Mackenzie. I did it. I'm you doing did it. it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. That's Sunday's discussion, right? I think so. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. There's so many things you don't know yet, too. It's okay. Gilmore Girls might be, I'm really worried what opening the door to this would be, but Gilmore Girls is one where I'd be fine for us to do two episodes on it, like one after season Mm -hmm. one and one finally when you're finished with the series. But I mean, it'll be. And I'm willing to make an equal commitment, but. I just don't have anything. I'm. I can't think of anything else that I'm like. We should do that for that media because it's that significant. But you think on it, and I just I can't believe I missed it. Like I, I mean, we never had like DVR. Like my parents never put a focus on like recording things, and I was never home like at a specific time to watch it. And I don't know it was I a commitment if you're gonna do yeah. cable only which I didn't ever have to do because I had the dvds this is sad I had the dvds but I would also watch it on cable and it would play at 4 p.m to 5 p.m every night so I'd get home from the bus at like 3 55 get home I'd like pop a pop big popcorn I would do my math homework and I would still purposely watch it in order on cable even though I totally could have just been watching the dvds but I wasn't like a cable Aww. kick at the time you know like this is now the umpteenth yeah. time I've mentioned this on this episode, but Law and Order SVU, I was addicted. I loved it. And that was on at <laughs> USA later in the evening. So I'd like come home, I'd watch an episode, I'd do some of my homework, and then I'd go to the barn and do all my barn things. And I would, <laughs> then I was at home until like eight, and then I would eat dinner. And then I would like clean my room with and like do the rest of my homework with Law and Order on <laughs> or whatever else was on that night. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. And cut. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. 100% Daruno.